When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, broadcasting on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is usually just an illusion. We're airing live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at right now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, as we start today's show, I want to give a brief programming announcement. Tomorrow is my... My 60th birthday. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. And uh, me and the lovely Liz are going out on the ocean and uh, restocking the freezer. So uh, I will be off tomorrow, and this show will be guest hosted by the great Pat Leahy of Standing Ground with Pat Leahy on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. You're, you're going to want to listen to that. If you haven't listened to Pat's show, you really should. It's, uh, it's not a daily. I think he's on twice a week on Mojo and uh, he's a fantastic host and uh, from a, sort of a very similar uh, worldview as myself. So I've been struggling the last, uh, the last week or two to try to put all of this chaos into context. What the media and the Democrats want you to believe is that the President Trump is behind all this Chaos. He was famously uh, called the chaos president by uh, by uh, the cuck, famous cuck Jeb Bush. And, of course, uh, the Bush family has now come out against Donald Trump, except for the one uh, Bush, uh, Preston Bush, that still has to face uh, the voters there in Texas. All of the Bushes have, have come out with the establishment against Donald Trump. And uh, really, when you look at it, it's not Trump that's causing this chaos. Trump is uh, governing himself exactly as he said he would. He's trying to overturn the established order in Washington, D.C., this two-party duopoly that has uh, been selling out the American interests uh, hand over fist for going on 35 years now, maybe 40 years. And it reminded me of a a quote from Steve Bannon early in uh, Trump's presidency where He said this.
The reason Reince and I are good partners is that we can disagree. It's not only not going to get better, it's going to get worse every day in the media. <laughs> and here's why. But by the way, the internal logic makes sense. They're corporatist, globalist media that are adamantly opposed, adamantly opposed to an economic nationalist agenda like Donald Trump has. President Trump really laid this out, as Ryan said, many years ago at CPAC. It's really CPAC that really originally gave him the springboard. It's the first time at Breitbart we started seeing him and see, saw how people, re, you know, his speeches resonated with people. And then he would go out to these smaller uh, town halls later and really he got traction with the same message he's bringing today. Here's, the only re- here's why it's going to get worse. Because he's going to continue to press his agenda. And as economic conditions get better, as more jobs get better, they're going to continue to fight. If you think they're going to give you your country back without a fight, you are sadly mistaken. Every day, every day it is going to be a fight. And that is what I'm proudest about Donald Trump. All the opportunities he had to waver off this. All the people have come to him and said, oh, you got to moderate. Every day in the Oval Office, he tells Reince and I, I committed this to the American people. I promised this when I ran, and I'm going to deliver on this. Donald Trump is the first president in modern memory, I guess, going back all the way to Ronald Reagan, who uh, sadly um, moderated uh, before the end of his second term. But he did uh, banish the the old Soviet Union and reform taxes and unleash our economy. But uh, Donald Trump was serious when he uh, swore to the voters that he was going to uh, to get us out of foreign wars, reform our trade deals, secure our borders, return America to economic supremacy in the world. And uh, it is not sitting well at all with the established order in Washington, D.C. Conrad Black today, writing in American Greatness, I think uh, really summarized exactly uh, what's going uh, on. And I'm, I'm going to just paraphrase his column. You ought to go there and read it yourself. He says all the stops have now uh, been pulled out and the Democrats are engaged in this uh, unorthodox presidential campaign. They have to do that because they've uh, they've drug uh, a, a standard bearer for the establishment across the line to nominate him. But now he's got to face Donald Trump and uh, and a, a electorate that has been broadly satisfied with his economic and foreign policies and many other things, despite the rhetoric you hear uh, as an incessant drumbeat on the on the media. The Democrats are simultaneously blaming Trump for blundering into the Corona cr- uh, crisis when, in fact, uh, he was one of the earliest people that uh, recognized it and started doing something about it. They don't explain what exactly uh, he did uh, to cause this other than, uh, you know, cratering to their demands to listen to the scientists and shut the economy down. They want to cite testing, although testing has nothing to do with the prevention or a cure of the virus. It simply runs up the numbers so that the uh, Democrats and the media can run around screaming that, um, that the Trump's response was a failure. They, uh, they, they, they're mad that he failed to extend the law lockdowns long enough, um, you know, to create enough economic, uh, catastrophe that it would allow them to win reelection. And now they're accusing him of indifference toward police racism. Although if you look at Trump's statements in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing, they're almost identical to the Democrats, with the exception of 
Donald Trump insisting that the um, the extreme violence and rioting going on in America's urban centers uh, would be stopped. And if the governors and mayors were unwilling to deploy the National Guard, then he would take it upon himself to invoke the Insurrection Act and uh, deploy troops. It's uh, And now the, their latest uh, gambit is they're trotting out their globalist uh, military officers, retired senior military officers, to bash Trump. We're going to talk a, a lot about that later on in the show. But, you know, we've had for a long time uh, sort of a an unwritten code that um, – that you have uh, two successive terms from a uh, party's president, and then they switch places, and they uh, they go on with this this Washington two step, where uh, you know the out party goes into these think tanks with big salaries, and the in party comes in to uh, to to maximize their sellout of the American people. But the Democrats and and largely the establishment Republicans never really came to terms that the American people uh, put an outsider into office with the with the promise to dismantle their uh, their established order in Washington D.C. and they uh, they are determined to banish Trump into uh, some sort of freakish one term nightmare that they can uh, you know invoke their revisionist history against and uh, and paint as some sort of failure when in fact by all measurable standards his uh, his first term has been a, a resounding success even with uh with this coronavirus deployed against him so it was uh, it was a pretty impressive operation the democrats went through in their primaries to banish all of their up and comers and uh, and sideline them in favor of a man who uh, is clearly in cognitive decline. They know Trump is uh, is serious about his promises to drain the bipartisan swamp, and they need a reliable establishment crony in there in the form of uh, Joe Biden to uh, to try to reverse that. The last. American president uh, that was so disruptive to the established political order, of course, was Andrew Jackson. And, uh, you know, Trump has a, a portrait of Jackson up on his wall to remind him every day of, you know, what uh, what he's engaged in. Ronald Reagan was a great president, but his his revolution never really got around to the Washington establishment. He was more focused on uh, reconstituting America's military and defeating the Soviet Union. And with that, he was a great success. But this president is not as eloquent or well-spoken as the great Ronald Reagan. He's, he's not as charming. But this president is determined to root out and destroy this uh, swamp in Washington which he considers and has been talking about for over two decades, responsible for destroying millions of American jobs and demotivating the country and allowing it to uh, accept that it's going to be surpassed by communist China as the preeminent power in the world. Trump was, when he came into office, 
opposed by these uh, these entrenched Republican sellouts like John McCain, who has now gone on to his reward. I won't uh, I won't say where where I think he's gone. Of course, these uh, these senators that opposed him at every turn, Bob Corker and Jeff Flake. They had to retire because uh, they knew that they would not be able to win re-election if, uh, when Donald Trump came came and opened uh, his uh, his campaign against them. And Trump has fired now all three of the men that uh, Corker and Flake told him that he had to rely on to prevent a national disaster. That, of course, being James Mattis, Rex Tillerson, and John Kelly. And the last uh, holdout rhino dead-enders in the Senate are now Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski. They're still very hostile to Trump, but Trump is, uh, it doesn't need them any longer for his majority, so he is, uh, he is determined to make an example out of both of them by replacing them. So, you know, after last week's testimony from Rod Rosenstein at the Senate Judiciary Committee. It's, uh, it's undeniable that the Obama administrations, and I believe Obama was, uh, was heading the effort, attempted to interfere, if you will, in the American election. They wanted to prevent Trump from getting elected, and then once he was elected, they wanted to overturn the election. It was the greatest constitutional crime in the history of our country. But, um, you know, they brought in uh, this, this Mueller investigation. Supposedly, it was going to look into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election, but it turned a blind eye entirely to the actual documented evidence that Hillary Clinton and the Democrat National Committee paid for Russian disinformation sourced from their intelligence services to pursue their agenda against Donald Trump. I believe what the goal was there is they wanted to put him in jail. They, uh, they took it as a great affront when he said during that uh, debate that if he were in charge of the uh, department of justice, that Hillary Clinton would be in jail and their intention all along was to try to try to make him pay for that by putting him in jail. And then we had the impeachment a totally ginned up and confected uh, charade of unimpeachable acts against the president that they had no evidence that he ever committed. So let me see if I can say that better. Even if they had proved everything that they alleged, it was not a committable, uh, 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 an impeachable act. But... They didn't even have any evidence that he did anything that they accused him of. And this charade was just, uh, you know, barely put to bed when all of a sudden the coronavirus, the Wuhan virus appears out of China, out of the place where they have their, uh, their level four laboratory for studying these viruses. China quickly locked down travel from that district to the rest of China. But guess what? They continued to allow travel from that district, Wuhan, 
to the rest of the world and most especially the United States, while the World Health Organization told us there's nothing to worry about, that the virus does not transmit human to human, and you had Fauci inside as our leading epidemiologist towing the line of the World Health Organization. So the Democrats then opened a a new front on this defeat Trump campaign and demanded that the economy be closed down. You have to listen to the scientists. And they, they demanded that the economic shutdowns continue until there was a vaccine. Although we don't know when a vaccine would ever be available. And almost certainly under the best of circumstances wouldn't be available until after the election. They wanted to make Trump their Herbert Hoover of the 21st century and the author of a mighty depression that the American people would be so sick of that they would turn him out. Their allies in the media whipped up a public fear to such ridiculous levels that you have to stay home. And if you don't like it, you're a terrorist. You're trying to kill grandma and grandma uh, granddad. And then we're treated last week to these, these absurd spectacles of Antifa and far leftists, Marxist demonstrators out in the streets in droves engaging in destruction of property assaults on anybody who they they could identify that disagreed with them looting, throwing bricks and bottles. And then the public health experts experts that we were supposed to have, you know, uh, just submitted to, they promptly came out and said, well, that's okay. It's okay if they're out there because they're, uh, uh, protesting racism, but anybody that opposes the lockdowns, you have to stay indoors and we don't support your protest because you're endangering black lives. It's really, it's more than Orwellian or Orwell couldn't have even imagined how, um, the double speak and new speak all the things that were inconvenient or pushed down the memory hole by the media. Some people are more equal than others. The man, the, the, the demands for this extended lockdown are now subsiding because, you know, we see that it was a hoax perpetrated on us all along. And now we have these, uh, these riots that are following the the killing of George Floyd, George Floyd, a repeat lifetime criminal that the Democrat party has now elevated to uh, a deity, a martyr. The Trump hating media is trying to establish this impressive uh, impression that Trump is president chaos. These Democrat mayors in these big cities that have been ruled by Democrats for 50 years or more wouldn't allow people to go out and shop. And if you went to church, they would literally arrest you. Now, those very same politicians are urging huge crowds to protest shoulder to shoulder, no social distancing, coronavirus be damned. 
these urban terrorists are coordinating violent uh, hijacking these protests to, uh, to you know cause riots and looting and arson, pillaging and torching uh, you know the the crown jewels of these uh, these cities shopping districts. The Democrats are out there denouncing the police in the spirit of George Floyd. when the president threatened to use military if the mayors and governors didn't employ the National Guard in sufficient numbers. The Democrats were ready with the charge of politicization of the military. Trump is Mussolini. How dare he even suggest that he would invoke the Insurrection Act, despite the fact that it's been uh, invoked repeatedly throughout history in cases just such as this. These Democrats are managing a another, yet another escalation now. They have assembled a mighty chorus of retired military and uh, defense establishment, all objecting that the military should never be unleashed on the American public. As if Trump were, you know, going to call out the National Guard on the churches. No, he was going to. He wasn't going to attack peaceful demonstrations. He was going to restore order and stop the rioting, looting, and arson. You had Bush invoke it. You had JFK invoked it. You had uh, LBJ and and uh, FDR. All of these, uh, the you know, but when when Trump wants to restore order with the U.S. military. Somehow he is, he is literally a Nazi. So now, just in time for the election uh, to be heating up in earnest, we've got uh, CNN out with this latest uh, polling psyops that shows that Joe Biden is beating Donald Trump by 14%. Oh, my God, Trump is doomed. These are the same polling psyops that uh, that they used against Donald Trump in 2016. It didn't work then, and it's not going to work now. Let me tell you a little bit about these polls. Pollsters are very much like a bond rating agency. They will tell you whatever you pay them to tell you. And they cook the numbers. In this latest case from CNN, if you look at the so-called tabs, you find out that they wildly overrepresented minorities in the demographics that they were polling. And the way they do this is they, they poll numbers well above what they actually report. And then they go back and they cook the numbers by picking out the demographics that yield the results that they want. And even with this cooking of the books at CNN and have no d- doubt that this CNN poll is utter and complete garbage. CNN has shown repeatedly that the, they, they won't hesitate at all with twisting and mangling the truth to achieve their political ends. But even with all that, Trump is still polling much better now than he did against Hillary Clinton back in 2016. So you're going to be, uh, you're going to be, uh, ha- hammered 
with uh, these bad polls that show that Donald Trump is doomed over the coming weeks, including from Fox News. I urge you to ignore them entirely. They have the only poll that matters is the one that's going to be on November 3rd, 2020. One of my listeners, Jim Blizzard, uh, pointed out that, you know, I was correct about an impending Trump landslide, but he points out that it's not going to be about the actual votes. Harvested ballots, harvested ballots counted and harvested ballots trashed. Fake mail-in ballots, ballots by dead people, ballots by non-citizens and illegal, altered votes, multiple votes by the same person, same person voting in different states, and presto changeo, a red wave has now turned blue. Blizzard points out it's not the people that vote that count, it's the people that count the votes. And the Democrats have been laying the groundwork for this mail-in voting, and now they're caught on the dilemma that they're supporting all of this uh, protest out in the street with an absolute failure to social distance. Got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to look at uh, the defund the police movement right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatals.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So just a reminder, I'm going to be off tomorrow. The show will be hosted by Pat Leahy of Breaking Ground with Pat Leahy right here on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that. Pat is a great host. So the World Health Organization is now admitting that uh, asymptomatic spread of the Wuhan virus is very rare. That's good news, but it leaves you wondering if the protesters don't get the virus, can we go to the polls on November 3rd? Can we do away with all of these uh, mass mail-in ballots that the Democrats are trying to cook up to steal the election? And 
did we really need to ruin the economy? You know, Donald Trump was told that he absolutely had to pay attention to the experts that were telling him that everybody had to be locked down. We had to shut down the economy. Now they're telling us that uh, asymptomatic spread is very rare. Well, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I pointed out repeatedly on this show that, you know, I lived through the Hong Kong flu in 1968. If you got the Hong Kong flu and you started showing symptoms, they locked you and your family in your house. They posted a a pink notice on your door that they were under quarantine and the local health department brought you groceries. It didn't shut down the economy. It was, uh, it was actually more deadly and more contagious than this uh, Wuhan virus. But the way we have dealt with this, this coronavirus is totally unprecedented. We locked down the healthy people determined that uh, we we had to shut down the hospitals for everything other than the coronavirus. The disaster in the healthcare system never materialized. The disaster of, you know, 2.2 million deaths never materialized. What did materialize is we destroyed the best economy maybe in the history of this country. So you have to ask yourself, was that intentional was that their objective i got a couple of clips here the first is from the great tucker carlson talking about uh, the sudden pivot by the democrats and the media mouthpieces on social distancing they told us that uh, you know it was absolutely our duty to stay indoors and now they're saying it's our absolute duty to be in the streets protesting Police brutality. Those were guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. Not anymore. In fact, in many parts of the country, people still don't have those rights. But our leaders said they had no choice but to take them away. This was a medical emergency. It was more important than your rights. They were lying. We always thought they were lying. Now we know for sure. Because today we have an open letter signed by more than 1,200 doctors, professionals, and public health officials. And it explains that the riots you're watching must be allowed... Well, any other demonstration, like one you might participate in, must be suppressed. Quote, as public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. Huh? But they clarify, this should not be confused with permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-at-home orders. Those actions not only oppose public health interventions... But they are also rooted in white nationalism and run contrary to respect for black lives. Huh? In other words, anybody who complains about being locked down is a racist, except the people who refuse to be locked down because they're protesting racism. Heads I win, tails you lose. These are public health officials. This is insanity. Just days ago, you were told that any kind of gathering could kill thousands of people. You'd be a murderer. You'd be a genocidal murderer. That was before we learned that viruses have their own woke political agenda. And so the only rallies we should ban are those being held by people who have the wrong ideas. People want to earn a living or go to church. Those protests are racism. 
O. And this is all coming from people who lecture you about science. You wouldn't recognize science if they got in the shower with them, but they're still lecturing about science, which is always a pretext for ways to destroy our country and control your life. And by the way, to fleece you. Why are we paying for any of this crap, by the way? That's a question we're going to address in some detail next week. But right now, it's enough to know this is a sham. It was a front for tyrants to inflict their personal neuroses and their desire for control on the United States of America and to do it outside the democratic process, outside democratic norms. Every person who signed this letter is a faker. None of them represents science. We should never listen to any of them again. So am I supposed to pretend that all of this wasn't about removing Donald Trump? Am I supposed to pretend that China that has suffered greatly from Trump trying to rebalance our trade deficits with that communist nation didn't have a motive for spreading this virus into the United States and that the Democrats didn't pick up that baton and demand that the economy be closed down? Are we supposed to pretend none of that happened? Am I a conspiracy theorist for suspecting that these lockdowns weren't about public health after all? Because now the same people that were accusing us of killing grandma and grandpa if we objected to the lockdowns are now justifying mass, mass, huge demonstrations that dwarf anything that went on to protest the lockdowns. Last week, I brought you uh, some extended coverage on uh, Bill Gates and his role in all of this. And uh, there's been a spoof put up on uh, YouTube now that I'm going to play for you. It's kind of a long clip, but you're definitely going to want to hear this. Hello, useless eaters. As your unqualified, non-elected global human health overlord, I'd like to take this opportunity to flaunt my position of power and influence over society and share some of my plans for you and your future. When I amassed my fortune in computer software, I demonstrated that I was willing to lie, steal code, cheat my partners, and exercise monopolistic control to destroy my competitors. Now that I've retired, I can rebrand myself as a humanitarian. With my for-profit foundation masquerading as a charity, I can advocate for population reduction and sponsor mass human experiments with unproven vaccines in vulnerable populations. Like my father, a powerful banker, eugenicist, and Rockefeller crony himself, it's always been my ambition to decide who lives and, more importantly, how many have to die. Whether it's under the guise of climate change or world health, it's really all about controlling and culling the human herd for fun and profit. In November of last year, I hosted Event 201, a war game simulation of a global pandemic. Leaders from private corporations, global banks, governments, and the media got together to strategize ways they could align in lockstep when responding to a worldwide health crisis. Using a coordinated campaign of fear-mongering, intimidation, social shaming, and economic blackmail, we realized that we could get around dangerous philosophies like individual liberty and national sovereignty. With an obedient population, we would be free to implement our own top-down solutions like forced quarantines, social distancing, contact tracing, and mandatory testing as a means to seize technocratic control of society. 
Now imagine my excitement when we had the opportunity to release, uh, declare our own global pandemic. It was my chance to look like the Nostradamus of public health and to position myself and business partners like Dr. Fauci as the de facto authorities on response and solutions. Through exaggerated doomsday scenarios and computer simulations, our petty control freaks instituted harsh rules and draconian lockdowns. Even after our dire predictions proved false, scared and well-meaning people continued to submit to the arbitrary and foolish demands of their so-called leaders. Having achieved global lockdown and medical martial law, we will continue to hold hostage your ability to congregate, work, travel, or do just about anything until we're prepared to roll out our bigger plan. I'd like to call this Pandemic One, because believe me, we have others in the works. Our final solution is to have you begging for us to vaccinate, tag, and digitally track each one of you like livestock. Not only will my foundation enjoy legal immunity and trillions in profits, but these mandatory experimental vaccines will move us so much further down the road to absolute centralized global control. If only my good friend Jeffrey Epstein had been here to celebrate with me aboard the Lolita Express. So remember, global citizens, this will end when I say it ends. Could be a year, maybe two years, maybe never. I guarantee that if we have our way, it will be at least until you're not able to do anything to stop it. Just surrender your personal freedom and common sense to our fear merchants in government and the media, because none of this works unless you all go along with it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to do some augmented reality spirit cooking with Marina Abramovich. Bye now. That uh, that clip was created by uh, Healing the Nations Consulting. Healing of the Nations Consulting. It's uh, it's an absolutely beautiful distillation and spoof of the uh, the great work that was uh, that was done by James Cor- Corman that I covered last week. So yeah, um, if you're going to call me a conspiracy theorist for thinking that the timing of this pandemic is just uh, by happenstance, I guess I'll have to accept that because I find it very curious that uh, for the first time in our history, we adopt these strategies of locking down the entire population in response to a, uh, to a virus. And we're now learning and I, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the World Health Organization now has come out and said that uh, uh, spread of the virus is very rare from asymptomatic carriers. They're doing this now because they're about to be made fools of because you've got these huge crowds out in the streets and we will likely, I predict we will not, see a huge spike in the number of infections. And so they're preemptively trying to recover what's left of their tattered credibility. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. 
I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-255-4940 That's 800-255-4940 Mojo So I pointed out on yesterday's show that it wouldn't be long before Democrats and, uh, and Joe Biden were having to distance themselves from this defund the police movement because it is pure lunacy and it enjoys almost uh, no support. I, get, I, I shouldn't say no. There's 16% of the people that uh, support the defund the police movement. I guess those were the 10 to 15% of very bad people that uh, Joe Biden was talking to us about. But I predicted that uh, that they would start distancing themselves, and it was probably going to be this week. Well, Joe Biden, right after this show aired yesterday, uh, in fact, came out and and uh, uh, against the defund the police movement. He didn't speak to it at length, except to you know mouth a bunch of uh, leftist bromides about how do we we uh, reform the police to address this mass of uh, police brutality against black people, which has been disproven repeatedly, even by the Washington Post. So uh, the reason they're doing this, of course, is because we saw this week what happens when police leave a void for the criminal elements in our society. It it went on real time. At the same time, we had the, the, the protesters out in the street chanting, defund the police. We were treated on television and social media to what would actually happen if, if we did that with these riots and murders, looting and arson. And over uh, yesterday, just in a 24 hour period in Chicago, Chicago's police are uh, uh, being deployed to their business district. The, the um, miraculous mile or the miracle mile, whatever they call it there on the loop. Their police have uh, been pulled out of the neighborhoods and deployed downtown to protect the city. 24 people were killed. 85 people were shot yesterday in Chicago. 24 of them died. It's the deadliest day in 60 years. What that takes us right back to the riots in the, uh, in the sixties. And now uh, the Democrats are, are shifting gears. They're trying to explain that defund the police doesn't actually mean defund the police. It just means to give more money to our social programs and to set up new programs. It's not enough that we're buying breakfast and lunch in these big cities for, uh, for the, the school kids. Apparently, we're going to have to go beyond that 
not just buying breakfast, lunch, and provide the food and housing, but now, um, well, hell, I don't know what, what more they want. Here is a, a, a Black Lives activist from Oakland. She's one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement trying to explain what exactly they mean by defund the police. When you hear the phrase, when Americans hear the phrase def- defund the police, Chuck Todd. Um, I, you're not calling for defunding police departments and getting rid of police. Explain what you mean. You're, you're not calling about when you say defund the police, you don't really mean defund the police, do you mean by that phrase? When we talk about defunding the police, what we're saying is invest in the resources that our communities need. So much of policing right now. Now, how does defund the police mean investing in other things? Unless you're going to take that money that was going for law enforcement and give it to social justice causes. Now, it's generated and directed towards quality of life issues homelessness, drug addiction, uh, uh, domestic violence, and, and conflict between people. Apparently she's having some trouble with her connection. ...in order to address those issues. But what we do need is increased funding for housing. We need increased funding for education. We need more money for housing. We need more money for education, despite the fact that America spends more per child on education, especially in these urban centers than any country in the history of the world. We need increased funding for the quality of life of communities who are over-policed and over-surveilled. And so, you know, I heard Senator Booker earlier say, you know, it's not a phrase I would use, but I actually agree with the content. And so I would just ask all of us, are we willing to live in fear that our lives will be taken by police officers who are literally using their power in the wrong way They are literally using their power to keep people from killing each other in these big urban centers. And uh, you had just a a stark illustration of what happens when police leave a void. Here's Laura Trump, who is absolutely fabulous. Eric Trump married very well with this uh, South Carolina girl. She is uh, an articulate and forceful spokesperson, and here's what she had to say about the defund the police movement. What is your reaction to this campaign, defund the police, that's gathering momentum? It's actually shocking, I think, to probably most people in this country to hear that there is a concerted effort to defund the police. If not for the men and women in blue in this country, Greg, we wouldn't even have a country. I mean, they are the only things that are keeping us from complete anarchy that we see out there on the streets. You saw how quickly in Minneapolis on those those couple of first nights, things devolved. The second that the police stepped back, the second the mayor said, we're getting the cops out of here, you're on your own, Minneapolis, things took a turn for the worse in minutes. It didn't even take days. It took minutes to happen. I could not think of a more ridiculous idea than being anti-law enforcement and hoping that we don't have police officers in this country. It, it's crazy. I I think, to most sane people in this country. So I am 100% backing the police. Thank God we have the police force we do in this country. Uh, They keep our country safe and all of us safe. And by the way, they 
put their lives on the line every day for the protesters and the rioters and the people that are doing terrible acts out there. They're out there to keep you safe as well. Every year, 85 cops. I, I shouldn't say every year. It, it's uh, it's often far more than that. Last year, 85 cops were killed in the line of duty. Most of them shot. As opposed to nine unarmed suspects, black suspects, and twice that number of unarmed white suspects. The whole Black Lives Matter movement is based on a lie. So George Floyd's family, which is multiplying by the hour, has now asked the United Nations to disarm police in the United States. They have appealed to third world dictators and uh, kleptocrats to step in and disarm the American police. And this is uh, this is uh, of a piece of this Marxist uh, movement that uh, that the George Floyd family has now been uh, recruited into. On Twitter, uh, uh, right wing patriot, I think his name is, uh, said, "Can anyone tell me why Floyd's fam- right wing vet said, can anyone tell me why Floyd's family needs thirteen million dollars in a memorial fund?" <laughs> of course, we're now learning that uh, uh, Mr. Floyd had lots and lots of children, many of which he had, he had never met by lots and lots of different baby mamas. So, uh, you know, $13 million may be enough to catch up on all the back child support. And they're coming out of the woodwork. People who've never never met George Floyd are now learning that that he's their father. One son and daughter came came forward that uh, Floyd had abandoned 15 years ago, didn't even know. Didn't even recognize Floyd when they saw him on TV. And the Democrats are absolutely deifying George Floyd, who served five years in prison for breaking into a pregnant woman's house and pointing a gun in her stomach, demanding that uh, she give over money and drugs. Right-wing vet says, I have two front-row tickets for Floyd's ninth funeral and two eighth eighth row seats for his 12th DM me for pricing. And they're going to finally, uh, put poor George in the ground today in, uh, in Houston, Texas. And I think Joe Biden himself is going to, uh, attend. I wonder if he's going to pull a, uh, Jacob Fry and, uh, kneel in front of the gold encrusted coffin of, uh, the, uh, the deity George Floyd and uh, and and cry. So I don't think this is going to be the end by any means of this George Floyd issue. Now we've got another riot set up in Minnesota where their leftist Antifa uh, Louis Farrakhan acolyte Attorney General Keith Ellison has taken over uh, the prosecution of Derek Chauvin and these other three cops. And he has pretty much set up a situation where in a fair trial, if a fair trial is even possible, he would never be able to get a conviction. He has charged 
Chauvin with second-degree murder, which there is no evidence to support that. It was going to be very difficult to get a uh, a third-degree murder conviction. Now, there's only a handful of states, Florida being one of them in Minnesota, that even have a murder three. It is a so-called depraved heart murder. It's It's a callousness toward human life murder. And, uh, and if anything, uh, you know, Chauvin might be convicted of that, but I, I don't even think they'd be able to get a conviction for murder three. And here's why Derek Chauvin, uh, had been fighting with a six foot four, 250 pound suspect who refused to be arrested. Ellison is refusing to release the body cam footage because it will show the, uh, the massive lie that this all, all based on. And Chauvin uh, used a restraint technique by leaning on the back of his neck, which does not asphyxiate you. And he did it for eight minutes. But guess where Derek Chauvin learned that restraint technique? The Minneapolis Police Academy. It is one of the techniques they use for someone to restrain a larger violent suspect. And it's not, uh, it's not unique to the Minneapolis police Academy, putting a knee on the back of somebody's neck to keep them from getting up is taught in police academies across this nation. Now you've got uh, these police chiefs, all over the place trying to distance themselves because they don't want to be opened up to lawsuits. But there, there's going to be evidence come forward at Derek Chauvin's trial that he was, uh, he was doing exactly what he had been trained to do. They'll argue that uh, he didn't need to do it for eight minutes and that uh, he should have listened to George Floyd when he said, I can't breathe. I've been present at a lot of uh, arrests I was a firefighter. I wasn't a police officer, but I was present at a lot of arrests because, uh, you know, people were shot and stabbed and assaulted. And uh, we respond to that and we get to see a lot of police work. And this, uh, I can't breathe is a common refrain among resisting suspects. So where does George, where does uh, Derek Chauvin go to get a fair trial? The people of Minnesota elected Keith Ellison as the chief law enforcement officer in his, in in their States, despite the fact that he was a self-declared Antifa supporter, that he used to be an acolyte and supporter of Louis Farrakhan and is (laughs) in the best, um, a, a far left-wing activist. Chauvin certainly can't get a fair trial in Hennepin County where Minneapolis is located. I'm not sure he could get a fair trial anywhere in this country after uh, these elected officials have all come out and said that he is a murderer, that he murdered George Floyd. So all of this is uh, just a setup for more riots when this trial begins. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. Remember, tomorrow this uh, show is going to be posted, uh, hosted by Pat Leahy while I take my lovely bride out on the sea to celebrate the 60th birthday. I hope I'll talk to you on Thursday.
When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.